Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Osiris. Hey, Mike, I I can't see clearly. Is that a lightning bolt on your shirt? You're damn right it is, Otil. This is section 119. Hey guys, we just got our hands on some great new gear from an officially licensed partner of the Grateful Dead, Section 119. Oh yeah, Section 119. They sent me a pair of board shorts. They're actually really cool. I actually uh, wore them on stage and uh, they were really comfortable. You know, I live in board shorts in Florida, so that's kind of my jam. And uh, these have a cool print on them. Bertha's on there and the roses and stuff. I really like them. I got one of the performance polos with the Grateful Dead bolt embroidered in the chest. It's super stretchy, and I love the way it feels when I'm on stage wearing it. I feel like I'm representing the dead and rocking out some jokes in style. Section 119 was started by a couple of fans who wanted more than a lot tea to show their appreciation for the Grateful Dead. They started an apparel line that has everything you can imagine to represent the band at every occasion. And not just the dead, they've got some amazing fish duds as well. From button downs with dancing bears all over it, to board shorts with super vibrant prints and donuts all over your shirts and socks, they've got something for every fan for any occasion. If you're looking for more than a t-shirt to celebrate the Grateful Dead, the folks at Section 119 make the highest quality apparel. Boogie on over to Section119.com and use code COMESATIME. That's all one word, comes a time, for 15% off your next purchase. Hey, this is Oteal. If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another riveting episode (laughs) of the Comes a Time podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Oteal. And this was a Uh, good one. Your buddy. yeah, my, my pal, uh, hilarious comic, uh, motivating motherfucker, I'll tell you, Anthony D. Domenico. Um, he is the host of the WW Bro podcast. He is, um, I would you call him what, a, a, a leader? Uh, what would you call him, Oteal? He's just a you great know, dude. He's a great dude that's in that wounded healer. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's helping people figure out how to face their fears and, and deal with changing their situation with their weight. And uh, yeah. really he's just such a, you know, he's hits on so many themes that we've prized vulnerability and um, you know. Yeah. He, he's someone I met through a mutual friend and 
I went out to Long Island to do shows and we hung out for a couple hours before the shows and he was on the shows with me and uh, just one of those kind people right away. Just an instant. And I'll tell you, there's just something about New York kindness that's that's special. You know what it's I mean? Like when all you, it's, world. It's genuine and it's real deal. Like, I got you. You know what I mean? Like there's that and he's got that. And uh, he's ha- he's very honest about his struggles with weight. Uh, and that's the thing that's really interesting about his podcast is he doesn't hold, but he does like an honest assessment of his week and how it went and how it didn't, you know, and he's pr- saving people's lives probably and doesn't even know it. But uh, we got into some pretty, pretty fun chats uh, involving <laughs> yeah, some weird. belts and some turnbuckles. <laughs> this is a doozy man it goes on sleep on this podcast i'm telling you (laughs) but anthony's amazing and check out everything that he's doing at uh, over at uh the ww bro podcast and thank you to anthony and uh thank you guys and you know one of the reasons why i thought it was important to have ant on is because i think that you know the letters and the and and the communication that we have with our listeners i i'm a listener of his podcast and i feel that like camaraderie and it's really awesome to know that we have that with you guys so thank you from both of us and eric and everyone at comes a time thank you listeners for making it so damn fun to do this absolutely really is a blast and you know where we would love to hang with you more is over at patreon patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod uh we're planning all kinds of cool events and different things for you to take part in and join us in and we're Eric's just like curating such a nice uh, charcuterie board of uh, entertainment over there. So head on over and join us, get your bus pass. And thanks to Osiris for having us on OsirisPod.com for all the great podcasts that we are uh, in the family of. And uh, thank you, O'Teal. You're on the road right now. How are you? I'm good, man. Really good. It's uh, I'm recharged from being back home. I know the lowest point I can get to, and I feel better this time. I'm doing it better this time. So I hope you're doing good too, because I know you're driving into the the apple every day. The beast. The beast. The, no, no three three wheeled trucks coming at me right yet. But yeah, I hope um, it's going good for you. It's going well. And I got some dates coming up all over uh, MikeFinoy.com for dates on that. But uh, thank you guys so much. And we'll check you next time. Be good. I, I was telling O'Teal about how much he was going to love this chat with you because you've got that. You're the most I, – I, I love listening to your podcast because – I listen to you when I'm driving back and forth to the city and I feel like you're sitting in the car with me bullshitting and you sound like everyone I grew up talking to, (laughs) but the way that you talk is like, it's like double entendre. Like you're talking about anxiety and eliminating someone that's given you anxiety from your life. But the way you talk, it's like you just threw someone in the Hudson river. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, so I had to eliminate them from my life. It's well, just like, yeah, it is what it I, is. I, you know what it is? It's hard for that. that I'm, I know exactly the episode you're talking about. And it's hard <laughs> for me to kind of talk about that person because like they're like Instagram famous. 
and like um, people kind of know but don't know and i i was still trying to protect so like i but i do i guess i do talk that way like you know i, it's, I don't even know who you're talking about it was just hilarious to hear you say things like and now they've been eliminated they've been scratched <laughs> from my life but you know it's it's we get into like extremely uh vulnerable places here i guess on this yeah. podcast you know and i and i think that's one of the things that i think right off the bat you know meeting you a little bit of backstory on you and i i came out and did the club in long island and we met through a friend of ours shout out to tracy and i was trying to get going on some weight loss stuff and i had you on my podcast and like you were like the mayor you like like w welcome to Long Island and you like kind of met me and you talked to me all about your like it's like immediately you were vulnerable and you yeah. opened right up and we became pals like I felt like there was no bones about it like right a lot of comics you have that weird kind of ego driven bullshit but we kind of yeah. got right past that and became buds right away and I, I really appreciated that you know and it comes through on your podcast thank you Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's just who I am as a person. I don't have like a filter. I don't have, you know, when I say something, I mean it. Um, and I don't like, I, had, I don't know how to sugarcoat anything. I don't know how to like, you know, soften a blow. I, so sometimes that's good. And sometimes it can get me into trouble. Um, but that's just, yeah, it's just how, and I think that's why people like the podcast too, is because like, you know, I'll come on here and I'll just be honest about things. And sometimes I'm like, I'm listening back. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have been so honest, but in a way it, it's a good thing because, you know, it breaks down that wall and people like, you know, like you said, like you in the car, you feel like I'm sitting there with you. That's like actually one of the best compliments I can get when people like, I feel like I'm in like a meeting with you or like you're just hanging out with me or something like that. So that's, that means a lot to me when that can come across because I, you know, I, I do, you know, I am known and to be sometimes a little unpleasant because of that reason that I just, <laughs> Whatever's here, just it comes out. There's no, there's no filter. Thing, so it's a double-edged sword. It helps you become yeah. friends quick, or <laughs> otherwise, it's like remember that quote I sent you, Mike. It said, "There's not a word yet for old friends who've just met." Yeah, Jim Henson. Yeah, I love that. And it sounds and like that was you too. <laughs> well, yeah, it, you know, I think that there's like there's a thing about like, and you know you're on the road for how many years, you know, you start to like, you're a dog sniffing each other's ass for a minute. And then you're like, all right, like I could play with you. I think that we're okay. You know, like yeah. you're not going to bite me when I'm not looking. And, but, but you know, you're, you have an incredibly helpful, uh, you have a need to help people, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, uh, be, you know, it is because I have so much support in my life. I mean, from family to friends and now with doing ww and finding that community i mean if to me it's i feel really bad if somebody doesn't have anybody so that's another reason why i started the podcast too is because if there are people that live you know in the midwest or these really small towns where they don't have even just neighbors near them like even just to go out and see people and so i was like you know what i i, I want to help people because i know where they are and where they've been and if I could just show one person that, yes, things are possible, no matter what you're trying to achieve, if you could, you know, just have that support system, somebody saying, yeah, you got this, you could do it, you know, just keep moving forward with it. And because, like I said, my friends and family, my, especially my family is amazing. Um, and my dad has supported everything we've ever done. Like he was the dad that was at every Little League game 
Um, you know, I, I threw the shot put in high school and I was horrible at it, but he came to every meet and watched me throw the shot put, you know, really bad. And, you know, now <laughs> even with my nephews, they play in sports. He's at every game. He's just, you know, we, I just grew up in that support system. So to me, to try to push that to somebody else, that's my goal with the podcast, my Instagram page and everything I do. Yeah. You're extremely motivational. Can you tell everybody who's like, I know your background. Can you tell us a little bit about your origin story i know you're a huge batman fan so let's talk about your origin story <laughs> i fell down a well no i'm um <laughs> so like i i've been i've been you know with with pod with the podcast or just my weight loss journey oh, you decide okay so i talk about weight loss i've been heavy my whole life as from from a kid uh into teenage years into, into adulthood and it never really affected me physically until i got into my 30s you know, they always say when you're in your 30s, your body starts breaking down, you start feeling old. And I got to the point where like mobility was hard. Speaking on a microphone, believe it or not, like being on stage, standing for 25 minutes, 45 minutes, and just speaking without losing my breath was impossible. All these things like affected my life. And I battled with weight loss my whole life as far as like trying. And, and I've, sometimes I was successful. Sometimes I'm not. I even still I battle with it now. Um, I had a really hard year. I put some weight back on and, you know, I, I'm still battling, but at my heaviest weight, I was 583. Um, and that number really, really scared me when I went back that, you know, on, on May 1st of 2017 and they handed me back that book. And I looked at that number because I was just oh. 17 pounds away from 600. Like, you know, there's a show wow. by 600 pound life Yeah, yeah. where yeah. you see these people and you're like, oh my God, I'm not there. Yeah, I, I kind of am. I was about two months away from it, though, the rate I was going. And I had to change my whole viewpoint of everything, the way I look at food, relationships with people, the way things that let, you know, affect me as far as emotions. I'm a big emotional leader and I'll use any reason to eat. And it was just literally taking it. It's cliche, but like one day at a time and like, OK, today, this is what I'm going to achieve. I'm going to set out to do this. Um, even if something small, like today, I'm going to, I'm going to walk around the block and that's my big goal for the day. And when you do that, it, it motivates you and pushes you to do more. And you know, that it's been now, you know, almost five years. Um, and it's just, my whole life has changed from it. You know, I'm able to do things even, you know, something simple as walking from the car to my nephew's game. Yeah. Never would have had like some of these fields, you know, they're pretty far yeah. away. That's something that never would have happened. Uh, four or five years ago, I just wouldn't have went. And I did. I, I didn't go to a lot of things. I cut myself out of a lot of events, weddings, anything where I had to go out and be in public and not know my surroundings that I'd be comfortable in. I would just not be a part of. And I look back now, these last five years, things I would have missed out on, it would have been miserable. I mean, just so really my, my story is not so much about weight loss is about just changing my overall life and, and how I, I go about enjoying it more than I, than I did. Yeah. yeah. You miss out on so much, man. How did it affect you? Like when Ralphie may died, for instance, you know, cause it's like, yeah. I thought uh, I've thought to myself when he was alive, I was like, I wonder how long he can make it like this, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, and my sister-in-law said it to me. Uh, she actually had a big talk with me before I started losing weight. She's a registered nurse. And um, she sat me down and had a like a coming to God moment with me. She was like, no, this is what this is what's going to happen to you. 
And yeah. the thing that stuck out to me that really scared me was she goes, the only reason you're still alive is you don't smoke. Wow. Because you don't, you don't do drugs, you don't drink. Because if you smoked, if you were a cigarette yeah. smoker, you'd be dead right now. And that kind wow. of was like, and this is our medical profession. She wasn't saying it like my sister-in-law. Yeah. Wasn't saying it like, you know, she was saying it as like a doctor would say to somebody. And you think about that, like, you know, when guys like Ralphie may pass away and you look at Ralphie's past, you know, he had problems with drugs and, and, and stuff like that. Like, I realized like I was one bad decision away from probably not being here. You know, yeah. my only vice is I, I'm a cigar smoker. That's that's my vice. Um, I have one. That's my one thing. I don't I'm not a drinker. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't touch drugs. Um, food and was was my drug. That was I can get yeah. that same feeling from eating that probably drug drug addicts get from from taking a hit of something. Yeah. But yeah, when I see a guy like Ralphie May pass away, it, it hits home hard because it's like, you know, if you think you're like, oh, my next, am I the, you know, the next one to go? And it's, it seems like it's always the, you know, the, the big guys die young. It's, 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 it's because it's not healthy and you, know, you got to yeah. take care of that. Um, sure. You know, uh, this year being what it was, right? Well, that, let's say, I mean, these past two years really yeah. have been complete shit. Uh, year and a half, whatever you want to call it, 2020 yeah. and 21. And uh, I think we all kind of were able, it, it was weird how the world kind of went like, okay, everybody sit on the couch, relax, like, like almost eating, like, like carelessly kind of became a goof, like a little bit yeah. of a dash, door dash, whatever you want, right to your door. They'll leave it. You don't have to look at people. It's awesome. <laughs> you don't even no. have to look at people. No. That's very true. Cause yeah. I drove, I drove Uber eats a little bit, like when the, with, you know, to make some extra money. Um, and it was literally, you didn't, there was no contact. You dropped the food. You took a picture and sent yeah. it to people. And I said to myself, like in my heyday, my prime at 583, if I didn't have the shame of look, having to like, look at somebody hand me this order. Cause I would go into a Taco Bell sometimes and pretend like I was reading off of a piece of paper. You're like, oh, wow. she, what did she want? Like, you know, like you're ordering for two different people. No, it's, you know, you order two sodas because you don't want people to think that all that food's for you. You know, so, I mean, it, wow. they made it very easy for us to just sit in the house. Like you said, binge watch. Here's Tiger King or the next thing that everybody's going to yeah. binge watch. Order food. There's no repercussions. There's no, there's no judgment. And the way they kind of presented it in the beginning was like, it's just two weeks. So I know a lot of people in, in the weight loss community are like, I'm going to have these two weeks. But those two weeks turned into now it's, look at it, almost two years. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, just unhealth we're more unhealthy than we ever. I think a lot of people, whenever they were. I think everybody's kind of a little bit, uh, you know, everyone's coming out of it going, we talk a ton about mental health, right? Yeah. And I think that the, when you're ready to actually do the hard work, like mm -hmm. that 583 moment for you, a lot of like, I have to look at myself and go, all right, when I wake up in the morning, what are the three things I need to do in order to feel okay today? And I need to like sit and meditate for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I need to get some exercise in and I have to write. And those are things that I just have to do or else I feel incomplete. Now, a lot of times I am at like with weight loss, you kind of almost wake up going like, here's what I can't do today. Right. Yeah. Like you're yeah. almost already starting out like you're in prison a little bit. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the mentality of like, I can't eat this. I can't do this. And that's why like and that can be good and bad sometimes. Sometimes it's like, yes, I need that structure. Okay. I can't do this, but I can do, I can eat this and I can be healthy this way. Or it's the opposite. We're like, I, I can't, okay. Oh, I can't. Okay. I'll show you. And like, who are you showing? You're showing yourself. Like, oh yeah, I can, 
end of the day, you're not proving anybody wrong. You're you're just doing the damage to yourself. And like you said, men- mental health. Like I I struggle with that a lot this year, and um, you know, with anxiety and everything. And I never really had it, and it just it came it it came on bad. I mean, just the other night, I had woke me out of a sleep. I had a, a bad anxiety attack, oh. and I can't pinpoint why it happened. It just I woke up feeling like I was gonna die, and like even in, in February, I had. At work, they had to call the ambulance. I, they, you know, I thought I was having a heart attack, and wow, it was anxiety. And the guys knew it right away. Like the 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 fire department who came because the guy was taking my my vitals, and he goes, he goes, your blood pressure is lower than mine, and you're mid panic attack. You're okay. You're gonna be fine. Like mm-hmm. you know, just breathe and and just take it in. Um, and you know, the the crazy thing is, like, I got through most of the pandemic, 2020. Better than ever. I was losing consistently. I was exercising. I was doing great. But I had a personal thing, you know, that, you know, a, a relationship that I didn't go great for me. And I made the mistake of putting a lot of my happiness and my success into that. And when that ended, I went into a tailspin. And I'm just, I'm now starting to come out of it. It's almost a year later and really focusing on the mental health of it. Mm-hmm. And that aspect, like you were saying, like do things every day that's going to make you happy and that's going to set you forward. For me, it's, you know, little things like I like writing or, you know, planning out a podcast or even just, I'm, like I said, I'm a cigar smoker, just sitting alone and just being shutting off the world and just that hour, just tuning everything out. And it just kind of recharges my batteries. I'm learning to do those things more for myself than I did in the past. I, otherwise, I would just sit, think about it, eat, feel worse and then repeat. So that's me is like now, like really focusing on the, on the, you know, getting up here. Like I, I did the beginning of my weight loss journey. I really fixed what I thought upstairs, but I didn't fix everything. And that's what I'm trying to do now. It's constant work, isn't it? It's like yeah. we had a, uh, I guess we just did like a Patreon podcast. We were talking about uh, facing your fears and stuff like that. And for me that, you know, with my addiction, you're always, you keep medicating because of something that you don't want to face, you know, and that process of facing it, even when you do, like I did a lot of hard work, I made a lot of headway and, but you know, like you have to go back, it's a constant thing. And that's, I'm not really asking it as a question very well, but, um, how do you uh, give yourself, uh, cut yourself enough slack to fail, to backslide, whatever, you know, like, because um, you have to keep going. You can't just go, yeah. oh, well, I st- I've, I've ruined it. And now I'm just going to go back to 580 pounds or whatever. I, you know, I, I just think back to where I was at that point. And that's a big motivator. Like, hey, you want to be that again. And, you know, something my father said to me always sticks in my head because when I, before I started losing weight, I would say, he would be like, you know, just try just, you know, little by little. I'm like, yeah, it's, but it's going to take so long. And he goes, yeah, that time's going to go by anyway. You know, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And I think about that, like, okay, yeah, today's going to happen if I want it to or not. Like the events of the day, I, you know, I got to get up. I got to go to work. I got to do these. These things have to happen. Now it's what I want to do with it. Do I want to make it a good day? Or do I make it like a, a stressful day? Do I want to be successful today or I want to, you know, backslide? And I was actually just watching an interview with Michael Jordan and he said something like, he goes, he goes, yeah, he's very humble as far as like, he's thinking about the greatest, one of the greatest athletes that ever lived. And he says, I don't 
hang my hat on that. Like he's like, I, yeah. you know, there was a poll. They asked him about a poll that came out. Like they ranked the greatest athletes of all time. And it was Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali and Babe Ruth. Those are like the top three figures of all time in sports. Wow. And he said, I don't put my hat. He goes, you know why? Cause in probably in 20 years, it's LeBron James. He goes, it's really where you are. Like, you know, I'm more in the open and people have seen me play. He goes, but he goes, you got to deal with the failures. He goes, you know, he talks about his time playing baseball as one of the greatest times of his life because he wasn't the greatest at it. He needed to fail. I mean, he needed to, to go through. He said, you have to go through failures in order to get to that next step. And I think a lot of people don't want to do that now. It's, it's, it's a much, it, we're in a society where it's like instant gratification and things don't take a long time. I mean, like, you know, you're a musician. And so I don't know you watch a show like um, American Idol. Does that make you upset or does it make you like, because <laughs> here it is like no one put the years in. It's like, here we are. We're just going to do a contest. and we're going to get a record deal. Like Steven Tyler even said it. And he was a judge. He goes, no, you have to go through the rejection. You have to go through like, you know, Yeah. I mean, I, I've like watching last comic like, standing or something. Well, even as a comic, I've never, I, any big thing I've ordered, I've never gotten anything. I've, <laughs> I used to work a day job. Like I've never gotten anything, but I still do it. Like I still, cause it's that one thing yeah. push yourself. And I think that's what even in weight loss, you look at or anything you, no one's willing to put that work in and they're not, no one's okay with failing. Yeah. And, and I guess I'm going to sound like an old man here. Um, you know, coming from the, I, I'm, I grew up in, you know, the eighties and nineties where losing was okay. You know, not everybody got yeah. a trophy. Not everybody was told, you know, you could play second base. I, you know, I was told I couldn't play a lot of positions. My, I, I wanted yeah, to play, yeah. I, you know, I, I was told by somebody I got a range of a tree. I couldn't play third base. You know, like it was okay. Put me behind the, behind the backstop. You know, the, it's okay not to be good at everything. You know, I try to like, you know, push that onto my nephews too, because they're, they're playing sports now and they get very down on themselves and they make a mistake. Yeah. And I tell my nephew, Luke, I'm like, dude, just, Okay, you didn't get a hit this time, but next time, you know, just you'll you'll, you'll do it. You'll just get to keep pushing yourself, and you, you know, <laughs> nothing's gonna happen every time. And I think that's the society that we kind of live in a little bit, where it's like you know, failure. It's looked as a negative instead of a positive because you're not gonna succeed if you don't fail first. I mean, that's just that's just the nature. Of yeah, the and the irony of constantly avoiding failure by medicating and whatever, oh. fill in the blank. That's failing. So it's like, yeah, you know, or never starting or never starting the journey. You know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta embrace, you gotta embrace it. I yeah. imagine, I imagine in the diet, <clears throat> the diet space or the uh, starting the plan for a diet space, the, if, if they could ever quantify the amount of money that people go out and spend four or $500 at Whole Foods on all the shit they're going to do to start a diet, right? And then it rains or something, right? Or someone stubs their toe and they go, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just get a pizza, right? And all that salad gets tossed in the trash, right? And you think about all the all the times that people false start. Yeah. But because the, the, the first screw up is ah, I failed. I, next month we'll start over or whatever. Diets seem to always be a thing where the first time you trip up, you throw away the whole plan. Yeah. That's why it can't be a diet. It, it has to be, yeah, a, it's gotta be a lifestyle. Yeah. Cause you know, I I've been struggling myself and like, you know, I didn't have the best week so far, but you know what? I turned it around tonight with dinner. I'm like, you know what? Enough. Like I came home, I cooked and I made sure I had food for the week. So, you know, um, there are, 
you know, the good weeks and the bad weeks, but it, it does happen that way. Like you, you know, it's always like on a, I'm going to start Monday and Sunday night, you, like you said, you, you go out, you buy all the food and then like Monday happens and you're like, hey, I'm going to order this. And, you know, there's the food like looking at you in the fridge. Like, hey, you know, we're going to go bad pretty soon. This is <laughs> yeah. not processed. And then you, 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 they throw it away. And it's the same thing with the gym. I'm going to go to the gym on Monday and then, you know, oh, but you know, I'm tired. I worked all day and excuses like, you know, they're great. They sound awesome. Like we, I, I could, my excuses and me are best friends. We, hell yeah, we, we hang out all the time and we're, you know, they sound really good sometimes, but it's never as good as actually just pushing it aside and going, doing that little thing. Yeah. Cause like I said, that'll push you to do even more. And before you know it, it's a routine and a habit. And then you're in a good, you're in a good space where it's like, you know, you don't want to let that come back in. And that's the place that I think it's, it's, it's very hard to get to. It is because that's where you can actually start doing the mental health work. Yeah, right. Because it's like two prong. You know, you have to let go of the bad thing, you replace it with the good thing, you get some, you know, miles on that, and you feel better. But you always have to like now you got to deal with. Yeah. But because the roots are deep of that, you can't just. Oh yeah. You know, you could starve it and it could die, but man. The little, <laughs> the critic's going to water it behind your oh, back yeah. or like when you were asleep, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah my head was doing it to me. It was like, like oh. you know, I, I don't even know what I was dreaming of. Like, it was my brain's doing it to me. It's like, nah, you're doing too good today. Let's, uh, let's throw this in there. And it's like, oh, you so you wake up. Like, <laughs> like, you, know, it's like, you know, it's like, there yeah. are a lot of critics and people, you know, I always think about it uh, like crabs in a barrel. It's, you know. As soon as one tries to escape, the others pull it back. And I see it in the weight loss community. People like, you know, the only reason I think people sometimes I follow somebody is to wait for them to fail. Like what do they, you mean by that? Well, they just love when somebody's successful is not yeah. successful anymore. It's like, it's almost mm. like, oh, see, I knew it. I knew they couldn't last. I see. I, I knew that wasn't a good thing. Like, as soon as I started putting some weight back on, the amount of DMs I got, oh, it's WW. Oh, I know that program doesn't work. No, it's not me. It's me not working the program. I mean, that's one thing about my podcast when I started it. Yeah, it's the WW Bro podcast, but it's not just about Weight Watchers. It's about I have everybody on. And most of the guests I have on don't do the program because I want other people to see, yeah, there's other avenues. But even those avenues have to be worked. And like a big thing in the weight loss community is like weight loss surgery is cheating. It's, you know, it's you're you're not really doing it. I have a, I have a buddy, John. My buddy, John Arpino, this dude had weight loss surgery because he had to physically. Yeah. He wasn't losing weight fast enough. He was in his early 20s and he, he coded from his asthma. Wow. And he had to have weight loss surgery to get that weight off him so he could breathe. And this dude is at the gym every day, meal preps. Like he, he puts in the work, the weight loss, it, weight loss, it's a tool. Like all these things, whatever program you do, keto, um, you intermittent do the, fasting. And anything is a tool, but if you don't put the work into it, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. There's no magic thing. Like you don't just sign up for WW. That's it. I'm done. No, it's a lot of work. That, it's a tool. It's a lot of work that goes into that. So I'm very defensive of people that like, you know, well, because so, people write it. Anthony did it the real way and he's, he didn't have to have surgery. Like, yeah. But people, some people had to have it or it's just, yeah, yeah. you could have the surgery and you could stretch your stomach out again. It's a muscle. Yeah, that's it's anything right. else. I know a lot of people that had the. I know I know someone who had the surgery, and then I and then they would they were eating like it was a uh, 
like they got a second chip, like it was a clean slate, yeah. hot dogs, nachos, <laughs> pre- like, like, you know, and the, and the weight came back, but in a disproportionate way, like it didn't come back mm. in the, you know, stomach area or whatever. It started to kind of, and that was even mm. dangerous as far as like clotting, oh. like blood clots and all that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? When you and I first met, Anthony, I believe you were at around, you were at your 200 pound mark that you lost. Yeah, I was about 200 pounds down. I, I put like 70 back on um, since then. So I'm about 130 down, um, which is good. I mean, I'm happy that I'm still down 130, but, you know, I'm battling back from that 70 I put back on. Um, and then for a while, I was ashamed to say it. Like, I wouldn't say it on the podcast. And like, I would still say 200 pounds down. And I was lying to myself because I wanted to be back there. Um, and as I... You know, I did it. I can't, you know, no one will ever take that away from me. I did put the work in. I did get to that point. And I know what I have to do to get back there again. And it's kind of given me a little, I'm not to say that I wanted to, but like I was saying before, you, you, you fail and success will come out of it. I know now when I, now that on this uptick now that I'm coming back into it again, I know a lot of the triggers. I know a lot of the things. And like when you said that I did that podcast where I had to cut things out of my life is because that was holding me back. And I, I'm, I'm a sucker sometimes. Like you know, I will let people take advantage of me, um, and I'll do things for people out of the kindness of my heart that I think are friends and this and that. And I put that ahead of my own needs. And from that now on, I'm just no, it's me, and this is my thing. And um, it's okay to be selfish with that because again, it's it's my life. And I always say you can, you should be selfish in something with anything you're passionate about. Because it it's it'll benefit the people around you in the long run, and that that's to me that's the ultimate goal is that I, I want to see my nephews gra- my niece graduate from high school. I want to be at their yeah. weddings. I want to be around yeah. for everything. I mean, I don't want to you know be selfish in the fact that I'm not caring about that, and then just like you know do my own thing and whatever happens happens. I mean, the the fact that you are going and you do the podcast alone. Most yeah. of the time, which I tried that. It's very hard. <laughs> and, and and it gets to a point where you're just staring at your wall, kind of going like, who the fuck am I talking to? You know, like it's, it's difficult. But the thing that you're doing that I think, and that's the reason kind of why I really wanted to have you on here is, is to talk about vulnerability yeah. and to talk about, I mean, you're doing something incredibly brave and incredibly important where you're going like, this is a, ups downs like you're talking about your you go on i had a bad week this week so basically a bad week is you either didn't lose right or you gained a couple pounds and not even i and i don't judge it on that anymore it's just i'm having a bad i'm eating like an idiot um i'm not eating the right things i'm being lazy with it i'm not cooking um i'm doing all the things that i opposite that i did for success and you know if to me a bad week is letting that get in the way of what I want. And yeah, I mean, to come on the pot, it's hard to come on there and say it and to, to own up to it because I think that's the thing with social media now in general, we able to create these lives that, you know, yeah, whatever you want them to see, like, you know, you could, you look at social media, like people was like, when they hear about a couple getting divorced, like, I can't believe that. I'm like, why not? You don't know them. They're strangers on the internet. What do you mean? You, don't, you can't believe they got divorced. You don't know what goes on behind. Yeah. And you can post a picture. Like everything's great. It's the greatest day in the world. And listen to that. Like, unless you know people like it's, we, sh- we let people see what, you know, we want them to see. So when I did, when I started the podcast, I made the promise to myself 
that I would come on there and be a hundred percent honest and be as vulnerable as possible. And, you know, in a way it's, it, it's good and bad that the fact that I, I get it off my chest and I feel better, but like, then it's like, Oh, I just told people a lot of things about me. Like, it's, it's like <laughs> you feel seen. Yeah. You feel seen in a way, but um, <laughs> to me, that's, that's another reason why I, I I'll have guests on and everything, but I, I do a solo podcast because I have a lot, I have stuff to get out from the week. I, I got to talk about this. Otherwise it's just going to, you know, for lack of a better term, eat away at me. And I, I know what that'll bring. That'll bring more stress, anxiety, eating. And I'm going to go even further back that, that I wanted. So to, to be open and honest to me is, is no other way. I think that's the perfect wounded healer, yeah. like depiction because it's therapy for you. You're like, I got to get this stuff out. And just by putting it out there, all those other people are like, it's not just me. It's like self-benefiting. It's yeah. its own reward. It's a, that's so good. But I really do like the part also where, yeah, you're being vulnerable, and but you're also allowing yourself. We'll be so, uh, like if our physical lives are threatened, it is no... Nobody would ever fault you for being absolutely ruthless in the moment to just survive, yeah, to not die. But mentally, we don't do that. Like you know, you got some people got to really get to a place where they can like cut people out of their lives. But it's look like man, your emotional and mental and sometimes even spiritual survival could depend on like not having a vampire, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. something just sucking that energy out of you, you know, and they don't realize they're doing it too, which is great. Cause you know, when I did, when I did cut that person out, they messaged me and they're like, maybe that's something I wouldn't do. I'm like, yeah, you, it's the, you're that my situation. And so I said like, you have to just put yourself in my shoes for a second, which we don't do. We, we judge mm -hmm. people, we, you know, we, 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 uh, very, you know, we'll judge them on their actions and this and that. And, People are selfish and they wanted, like you said, the vampire, they want to drain every little bit out of you. And, you know, for a while I, I let them do it, but I got to the point where I can't anymore. I, I gotta, I gotta do what's best for me. Yeah. And you it know, sounds it, mean, but it's like, I think it's, it's still vulnerable to admit it because it's like when you like, I remember trying to, you know, you read or someone tells you, you got to learn to love yourself. And I was like, yeah. what the what does that mean? Like now I know, well, you know, little things like, you know, do these little things that are going to make you feel good or have the hard, hard conversation, like yeah. cut that person out. Yeah. Like all these different things See, in aggregate is loving yourself, you know? But. Yeah. And I think before you start loving yourself, you have to, the first step is you got to learn to like not liking yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's baby steps, you know what I it's mean? Cru because it's crucial that I mean, yeah, it's true. <laughs> because you you're like, go. I'm not, I'm not gonna live except this can't be it. Like, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah, gotta yeah. be able to do better than this. Because before you, before you like not liking yourself, you're going, you're naive and you're oblivious to your own bullshit. Just so screw I think it. it yeah. yeah, you gotta have that, like. <laughs> come to come to jesus moment where you're like I'm a, I'm a fucking i need some work i'm fucking yeah. dented you know well, you know what it is I, as a as my comedy is very self-deprecating i could be very but people like but not, but not but not in a cheat no you, you're no, honest but, which, but which is, people like don't say that about it. i'm like no but i'm okay with it like i've gotten to the point where like yeah. no I, can, I know my like i said i've i've at the point where i could love myself now where i know what i don't like about myself 
Yeah. And I'll put it out there. And to me, that's that's okay. Like people don't be so, you know, to me, that's other people's hangups when they can't listen to somebody else talk honestly about themselves. They got something deeper going on that they're like projecting that on you. Because to me, I think that's to me, that was very therapeutic because when I first started doing comedy, I didn't do that. And now that I can go up there and talk about something that was painful or that I don't like about myself and here it is. Yeah. To me, that's the best therapy ever. That's me really owning who I am and putting it out there. It's scary for some people and such a relief for others. You know, (laughs) it's amazing. And for crowd members, audience members, too, is like, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about people that are kind of like definitely tuned to the right frequency. You know what I mean? Like we're all tuned to the right station. And you, you 100% are. And I knew that the moment I met you because it was, it wasn't about you. It was about uh, like our engagement and our interaction and our like friendship where you're like me in that way, where it was like, we were almost too careful to make sure that we were like, but you know, like buddies (laughs) with each other, you know, like, but, but we cared a lot about the hang and we cared a lot about, you know, and it wasn't about you run into some comics and it's, I did this, I got this deal. I got this happening. Did you hear what I got? You know? And it's just like, you know, like shut the fuck up. But the thing that, the thing that I think is important about what you said and with O'Teal with music, he had a, a, what Colonel Bruce told you where he said he wants to hear when you got your heart broken and he wants to hear when you got embarrassed and he wants to hear as a comic, we're just starting to learn how to like, we're like a baby deer up there at first learning how to stand up and your legs are shaking and you're going like, how do I tell a joke, the microphone, the, the light, this and that when you can finally get to a point and it's starting to get fun where you can like, tell your deepest scariest i had a guy heckle me this summer remember otl was telling you the guy who uh i go i i some rich people i don't get they use summer they use seasons as verbs you know like i summer in the cape and i that you know and the, and this woman goes my boyfriend does that and the guy got so offensive and he goes hey go fuck yourself he goes nice sneakers nice jeans like ripping on me and yeah. instead of ripping back on him i dug deeper into my own shit and i was like yeah, I haven't talked to my parents in months. I've got that. I got that. I started just like spewing and the guy just froze. Right. And it was just, it felt like I was purging or something, you know, and it was this out of body thing. And I'm like, you know, you hit the, you, you, you pop the pimple and now it's time for the pus to come out, buddy. And it was like yeah. a, a changing moment. But when we get to that point on stage as a comic, you could see eyes open and you could see people lean forward. And that's who we're doing that material for it that's who you're talking to the people who need to hear it at that point. yeah absolutely yeah i mean one of the my, my buddy of mine said one of the greatest thing i ever said to a heckler was i was doing a show at um at some like you know vfw hall it was like a part like a private event they had it was members only and and this one guy was just being obnoxious and like i didn't go at him because it was like i'm like what am i going to accomplish going at him yeah. I, I i kind of did the same thing i was like man i can't wait to go home tomorrow and just stick my head in my crock pot and kill myself in 15 hours. Like something like, it was like you know, it was, it was like a thing, like, you know, because it was slow. It would be even like, that was better than what this guy was doing. Like putting my head in my crock pot for 15 hours yeah. was less painful than this guy. Just bat, 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 bat. Because it's, it's true. Like, you know, you can go at somebody and attack them for what, you know, what is that going to do? It's not going to, the crowd might turn against you even more because like, you know, now you're going after this guy, but like when you can kind of internalize that, like, no, believe me, what you, what this is nothing compared to what I got, go- other things I got going on. And 
Yeah. That, like yeah. you said, that's that's a perfect reaction to it. Is just like you know, kind of like going back at them by internalizing, you know, your stuff. Do you remember? And then he came up later to you. The guy came up right? to me later. Yeah, yeah. I said to I said to the guy. <laughs> I I tore. I mean, I tore into <laughs> myself, but I tore into him by way of myself. You yeah, know, yeah, I mean, yeah. And he goes. Uh, he, he he came up and he goes, man, you and I have a lot more in common. Than you can imagine. He goes, I hate myself. He goes, I really I love eight mile. When, at and, the I end go, of <laughs> and I go, brother, I don't hate myself. I just, did you really think I was going to give that one to you? You know, like, come on now. But, and it's, but it's true. It worked. It came through. And, and, but I want to ask you, Anthony, do you remember when you first got on stage and told a joke or something personal? Like, did you right away go at like your, did you talk about your size or did you talk about, was that your first set? Was that your first jokes? Or did you kind of have, you know, when you, I, I, when you, when was the first time you kind of dug deep on stage? Like, and that oh, feeling okay. that you had, you know, it was probably a year into doing comedy. Um, because when I first started doing, I would do the hacky fat jokes that everybody liked and everybody laughed. And I was the happy fat guy on stage and, you know, it was very likable. And, and, um, John Trusen actually a governor said something to me sent me an email, you know, and he sent me my avails for the month. We used to do, we do like a lot of Thursday, Sunday shows, the fundraiser shows. It was like, it's great stage time, get in front of a live audience, trying to material out. And he said to me, it was in the beginning of the summer. And he goes, listen, he goes, sometime in September, I'm going to tell you to go do 10 minutes. And I don't want to hear one fat joke. I want to hear what's going on with you, what you find funny and what you want to talk about. He goes, because and he said, this is, and he goes, listen, he goes, if you want to do it, great. You'll be doing 15 minutes in Levittown for the rest of your life. He goes, but when you go on the road and you start going to other towns, he goes, there's going to be a big guy. And he's been doing those. No matter what town you go to, there's that one guy. And that's his thing. And but you're not different from him. You know, you got to make yourself you got to separate yourself from, from that. And at first I was like nervous. I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? Like everything I'm doing is wrong. But like I didn't realize. And then like I was talking to other comics I'm like, no, no, no. He's actually telling you, like, you know, just listen to what he's saying and put that work in. And it's because we, you know, you don't want to dig deep down. And then I started talking about like, you know, my fiance leaving me and cheating on me and I had to move back home and I lost my job and, you know, living at home. And it, it became like a thing. It was like, yes, I want to talk more about that. And then every failed relationship, it's like, okay, this is all, but I got more material now and I can really dive deep into it and let, you know, getting into my forties and being single with no kids. It's like, here's everything that people like want to almost look bad at. Yeah, I'll tell you why it's bad and I'll tell you how I deal with it. But like, here we go. And that was probably the greatest advice and, and the greatest turning point at that point, about a year in. Otherwise, I just probably and I see guys still doing it today. But like, the, that's, that's the best compliment I could probably get is when I when I go somewhere new and the guy's like, oh, I didn't think that that was going to be your act at all. Because like, you know, I just thought you're going to talk about yourself. I'm like, I did talk about myself. My weight is not only thing about me that believe is. A lot of other issues we can tackle besides that. <laughs> but like, I'll do, I'll go to a place and like, just like John said, there's, there's a big guy on the show. He's like hosting, I'm featuring. And he's just like, oh, you, you talk about, I'm like, believe me, nothing you talk about, I will talk about. Like, yeah. make it nervous. And like, it hit me the first time that happened. Like, yeah. oh, wow, he was right. Because when you talk, when you talk about real things in yourself, no one can duplicate that. That's, that's you. You're not covering anybody else's material. <laughs> Like I find like it relates, the crowd relates to it more. Um, yeah. And it's just, it, to me, it's, it's, it's a better act that way. And um, I'm glad I, I turned it that way, you know, inside out where it's like, you know, 
you mentioned before, like the whole Eminem thing, like at eight mile, like at the end, he just talked about everything that they were going to say about him. And you take almost that out of the person's hand, like, you know, hecklers yeah. love to be like, okay, you know, they'll yell something. They'll see like you. I, I have hecklers yell at my weight all the time. And it's like, seriously, like, that's the best you got. Like, that's and I'll just like turn to that. And, I, you know, I'll say something. Something about them, but not obvious. And yeah. that's when people are like, oh, wow, like, it's, you know, he's perceptive <laughs> on things. And but it's yeah, it's just yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um that's fun when you can do that. It's when yeah. you have this sleight of hand and you're, you're the magician where you get, you know, that guy that was heckling me, I just in between other jokes that had nothing to do with him. I turned to him and I go, your teeth are way too white for your age, <laughs> which was more about his, you know, uh, his own self-consciousness that yeah. he has to whiten his teeth and, you know, whatever. But it was just like, I hear what you're saying. And it's just to be able to, that's a very important thing that you're, that you're talking about right there. And I think that that's where, a lot of us just as people in life need to get to is that we go the route of least resistance because mm -hmm. why do the work? Why yeah. start the diet? Why try to mend a, a broken fence with a family member or friend or whatever, you know, cause it's fucking hard work. Yeah. But I think like, you know, our, our one of our themes is always like, we want to connect with people. And a lot of it, it's really, you got to connect with yourself. You know, like that's what I was avoiding the whole time. That's what I am avoiding. It's not like I don't still do it. My life is much more. <laughs> I've reined it in far more than before, you know, but it's just trying to do that. And I don't know. It's, it's scary and it's hard. That's why we don't want to do it. But then you right. find an avenue like with the music or the comedy. And I listen to what you just said and I'm like, your story is your story. Yeah. Like nobody has that. I mean, other people have, you could connect with other people that where rest, your story resonates with them, but it's like, it's a foolproof thing. Like take your best shot. I'm going with my, you know, yeah. For the better and hit, worse. The deeper, yeah. The deeper I'm going <laughs> to yeah. go. Right. I, yeah. I got a guy, like I came on stage one day. He's like, he's like, he's like, you're fat. I'm like, thank you. I didn't know that. Uh, thank you for pointing that out. Like I went through my whole life. I'm like, I'm, you're fat. Like, That's what he said. Old. Yeah. I'm like, I'm 40 <laughs> years old. I never knew that about myself. Thank you. And I looked down. I'm like, where's your teeth? I'm like, what did you do? Like you brush them? Like, what is, can you take care of yourself? I'm like, I like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, what you, like, and I go, did you drive your house here tonight? I said, show me after the show's over. I want you to take me out and show me your house. I said, I want to see where you live. I want to see the mobile <laughs> facility you live in. And like, everyone's like looking at him. And I was just like, it was, I, Went on about everything else about him, like you know, it, the people, I'm like it's the obvious thing. I'm like, are you like that's what you get out of it? Like that's, yeah. and that like, people, I got better ones than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I can, like there's a great there's a people always ask me like, what really you know when did you want to be a comedian? And I say it was at eight years old. I kind of knew, and it wasn't wow. like a comedy special that I saw. It was the movie Roxanne, um, with Steve Martin. And if, oh, if anybody's yeah. seen this movie, it's yeah, kind of like course. that. He's got the big nose and he's in a bar and somebody calls him big nose. And he's like, that's the best you got. And he's like, you could do better. He goes, yeah, I could do better. And he has to throw a dart and he hits the guy hits 20 and he has to do 20 jokes better. And watching that, you know, as a kid who was overweight, who got made fun of. It's like, yeah, you develop that thick skin. And that to me was like, yes, like if I could go in front of people and do that, it's like, you know, that really yeah. was the thing that, you know, wanted me to tell jokes because like it was like this guy doing like yeah i could do better because there is better <laughs> it's, so, it's like, a lot better. 
a lot yeah, there's better. a lot better. And <laughs> I, 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 I was somebody wants to talk about my weight like on stage. I'm like, no, no, I got other issues that are, believe me, will be much more better, deeper and funnier than just you know my weight because that changes. I could lose weight, I could gain weight, I could fluctuate. This the inside, that's what's really we're working on. Like that's the stuff that's you know, yeah, it's it's bigger, down. arguably. Yeah, right, absolutely. you know. It absolutely is. It, it, and it's, <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. Um, you know, I heard you talk, it, the, one of the things that I think I, I really do dig about, I was, I was driving and listening to you the other day and you were talking about Batman. You were talking about your love of Batman. Yeah. And you were saying about how Superman, you, I'll let you, you explain it. Te, why do you love Batman so much? I think it's important. And I, I kind of thought it was like, <laughs> So I was talking to my car. I go, fuck yeah, Anthony. (laughs) Hey there, Osiris listeners. I wanted to tell you about our friends over at Smart Wool. For more than 25 years, Smart Wool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable. Because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They're here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far, feel good. What's up, everyone? I'm Mike. And I'm O'Teal. And these are our Sunset Lake CBD gummies that are almost gone. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned business that ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. For years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. In 2018, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. And with a product for everyone, they offer pre-rolls, hemp cigars, and hemp flowers, as well as tinctures, gummies, and CBD... crafted coffee to help with stress aches and pains sunset lake cbd saves you money by shipping high quality cbd products directly from their farm to your door want to know what i've been using a lot of oteal this salve with the arnica Uh, on my my old bones you get back from a show and you got tore ankle rub a little bit of this on there you're ready to dance the next day. And you know, S- Sunset Lake uh, comes a time listeners can visit sunsetlakecbd.com and use promo code TIME for 20% off of their purchase. That's sunsetlakecbd.com, promo code TIME. And tell them we sent you. Hey, that's the reaction I want to get. Like, Batman's a regular guy, he's us with the suit. And he's got to go yeah. out there and he fights the same kind of crime that Superman fights. Now, yeah. Superman, because he's an alien, the sun, he's invincible. It's very easy to be brave when you're not going to die from, you know, doing these simple things or, you know, Batman's a guy who's got a utility belt. And that's what I say. Like, you know, when I add these things, when I add WW, intermittent fasting, calorie counting, people are like, oh, my God, that's so much more work. I'm like, no, I look at it as I'm putting more tools in my utility belt. You know, the Joker mm-hmm. said, where does he get all those wonderful toys? So to me, Batman is a guy and I... <sighs> He's got a lot of, I relate to him because he's got a lot of personal demons. He struggles with that. And, you know, I'm not a millionaire. That's the only thing that you know, separates us really is um, <laughs> endless funds. Uh, you know, that, but to me, like, he's just a regular guy who decides that he wants his surroundings to be better. 
So he puts on his whatever it is, his suit, and he goes out there and he tries to to better it. And, you know, it's to me, I, I relate more to that than a guy who could fly and, you know, who's made of steel and bullets can bounce off of him. And I got I, I really that hit home. Like I never like I was always a big Batman fan as a kid. And I saw the movie Angus and the grandfather said it to him, too. It's easy to be brave when you're indestructible. Yeah. And, you know, as people, you know, especially you break it down to well, like, you know, you have your mo- it's we're very fragile. And it's again, if imagine if we were all OK and nothing bothered us and yeah, you can go out and be great and you can just, you know, things just bounce off of you. But no, the truth is that we absorb it. It stays with us. And, you know, you got a guy like Batman who, yeah, you know, he's got all the money in the world, but that doesn't make him happy. Yeah. You know, he's got yeah, the pain yeah. of losing his parents. You know, he's grown up alone and <clears throat> solid to and But him, he, even with all that, like he could be a rich guy and just sit back and do nothing. But he decides that he wants to go and try to make his, you know, world a better place. That to me is why I've, I guess I've always gravitated towards Batman. As a kid, it was just cool. You know, he's a guy that's like, you know, you know, flinging things around and fighting bad guys. But as you get older and you start to like kind of see why these characters are created, you know, that's, that's really it. I mean, anybody could just sit and do nothing about something. Like I could, I could have lost weight and just not done anything. Not that I'm comparing myself yeah. to Batman, but like, I just, I know like there's somebody out there who feels they're alone and no, I just want to put it out there that no, you're not. And there's a place you can tune into or an Instagram page you can go to and see somebody being very real about what this is. You know, like I see people every day post things. And I'm like, I know you're not doing that. Like, I, I know you like stop. It's, it's okay. You can <coughs> see yourself. You can let that go through a little bit. Um, so that's why I guess Batman really resonates for me over super. Like I, I mean, I still big super. I, I watch Superman movies all day long, but um, <laughs> well, that's why we wanted to have you on the podcast because, you know, I, I always, I love that kind of, you know, X-Men thing. Like we all have some kind of superpower. We want to help yeah. people access yeah. that. If you could tap into your inner superhero, like, I mean, it sounds cheesy and whatever, but it really is. It works, you know, and we, you know, it doesn't, we're not like chasing famous big, oh. you know, trying to get, I love like hearing it. I'm like, here's a fucking real Batman. Yeah, and <laughs> you that, know, that, anybody that, that, that could take is, 200 pounds off, man. That's I mean, all was, of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it was, it's, it was crazy. What was happening. Um, and to get back on that, like you think about it, like, I'm a big wrestling fan too. I like pro wrestling. And I just got into it. So, Yo, like, yeah, Anthony, like, Anthony, Otil's just getting into it. And like, it is fucking amazing because I'll tell you, it's making me remember. Oh, look at this. Otil, check it out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. Oh, Bro. Eric, I can't wait to yeah. see that. Oh, um, my goodness. So, I mean, what I like about pro and pro wrestling will actually show you what people want. I mean, and again, yes. it's, it's, it's a TV show, but. You have a guy like Vince McMahon who always wants to put this behemoth out there. That's who he wants as his champion. He wants a guy who's six foot five, you know, 275, not an ounce of fat on him. But you look at the most popular wrestlers out of the last probably 10, 15 years. To me, the guys I gravitated more towards were CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Now, the Daniel Bryan is probably like. I mean, he's probably he's under 200 pounds. He's 
probably close to six foot, if six foot. CM Punk just looks like a regular guy. I mean, these yeah. aren't these aren't guys you would think of like, you know, they're almost like a Batman type where like they go and beat these guys. And that's what people gravitate to because people want to see something in themselves. They want to see themselves. Okay, I look like this guy and he's going out and doing these great things. We need that motivation. We need to know it's possible. And I think that's why, you know, they gravitate towards that. And, you know, with wrestling now, I find myself gravitating away from WWE. I'm watching more AEW now because that's where these guys are. And that's where some here and there's a lot yeah. more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing more of that. Let me ask you something out of curiosity. Yeah. It's punk and the other guy. Are they heels or, or heroes? No, they're, they're what they call fit. They're baby faces. Um, they are baby faces. Okay. Yeah. So it's the last because I was watching this Bret Hart documentary yesterday, <laughs> like in between sets, even. Oh, wait, the and, one uh, from uh, Wrestling with Shadows? Yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy one. It's really deep. And I was like, uh, <clears throat> he was talking about when the heels ended up becoming the crowd favorites. Yeah. And Vince recognized that change. And just went with it. But Stone Cold and now the bad guys are the heroes. And That's Brett was seen, like, well, where does yeah. it leave the baby faces? We're like, so he actually had to turn heel, which didn't really work. And That's how CM know. Punk became a baby face. If you go back, I don't know if you ever seen the pipe bomb. Mm -mm. You gotta Google CM Punk, um, the pipe bomb. He went I'm out and told, he told this like, <laughs> it was almost like they call it a work shoot where like he was supposed, they, they gave him a microphone like, go, go air out your grievances. And he was oh, a heel. Really? He was going against the biggest baby face in the company, John Cena. He went out there and told John Cena, he even said, like, I don't hate you. I hate everything uh, that you represent. And he went out and told like everything that was on his mind. Whoa. And it's like seven minutes long. And I, I, was watching, I was watching this when it happened. And I was like, oh, my God. And from that day on, CM Punk was like royalty, like people, because it was a lot of what the fans were thinking. And it's like that thing. We wow. You know, he called himself the voice of the voiceless. And it was because he was going out there saying what, you know, he would read online and what the fans were saying. And he was so passionate about pro wrestling. Yeah. That he, again, like he grew up, he started in the backyards and then he went on the yeah. independent scene and he built himself up from there. And he was now in, he made it to the pinnacle, the top. And you get a guy like, Cena, who not that he didn't put in the work, but he was like yeah. his nickname was the prototype because he was the prototype of what they're looking for, and he got pushed yeah. along because of that. And again, he no Cena works incredibly hard. I, I'm a big John Cena fan. I, he, I am too. Yeah, you know he's very motivational. I, I post his stuff all the time, and he is a big motivator uh, motivator for me as well. But it's just looking at the perception like this is what we want. It's that Superman almost like he's. He looks yeah. like Superman. He's, yeah, he does. Yeah, you can actually probably cast him and put him in a Superman movie, and it would work. Yeah. Where CM Punk is more like Batman. He's gritty. He's you know he's. But uh, I find it unbelievable that CM Punk became popular by breaking kayfabe. Yeah, that's deep. That's that's got to be an, a complete anom anomaly in the business, right? Like, uh, yeah, well, it, it, and you talk about the, the Bret Hart thing and it kind of worked. It kind of backfired for Vince in that way. Vince McMahon, yeah. he was going to be the biggest uh, good guy by saving his company, by not letting Bret Hart walk out as champion when really, really it was the opposite effect. And then he rolled yeah. with that. And, you know, the whole Mr. McMahon character came out in the Attitude Era. Um, 
But yeah, yeah I don't know that, about that yet. But <laughs> it was that time, you know, when Bret Hart said it, like people started rooting for the, the bad guy. And, yeah. you know, you think about it in movies sometimes you root for the bad guy. They're the most fun. Like, I mean, you know, I'm a Sopranos fan and Tony Soprano yeah, is yeah. a bad guy. I mean, he's but yeah. we love him. We root for him. You know, we wanted yeah, him to yeah. do well um, because we're no one's perfect. We all have, you know, as good as somebody is, there's you mess up, you do bad things. And if you I think, again, it goes back to relating to, to somebody. And if you can relate to them on some level, then, you know, they, they got you. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I didn't think we were going to be able to talk pro wrestling on this. I'm like, yeah, dude, dude I cannot wait for phenomenal. Eric. Yeah, I can't wait for Eric to <laughs> screenshot your face when you saw that belt. Uh, so, Anthony, you know, growing up in Connecticut, where where everything started, yeah, you know, wrestling. I was telling O'Teal as a kid, we used to see all the wrestlers out, like at like renting a movie. Or yeah. getting groceries, they would just be walking around. Captain Lou without the elastics would just be like hanging, what you know, at Tommy <laughs> K's video or whatever, and we'd be like, yeah, see that's him. where the headquarters just, is. Up yeah, in the and they were super kind, and you know, like, hey, little guy, and I probably at the time I had a, you know, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior T-shirt on or a Hillbilly Jim <laughs> T-shirt, you know, whatever, you know, Junkyard Dog was my man. I loved him. He was my favorite. My brother too. My brother was my brother's favorite wrestler. JYD. Yeah, he was the best. But I just you know, love the characters. Yeah, but he like watch it. <laughs> seeing O'Teal get into it now. But we've been talking a lot about how it parallels. <laughs> I mean, everything in life. Life well, is. Was, yeah, I mean, Cody Rhodes did it. Um, this whole company AEW was started by the wrestlers. I mean, Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega, the young uh. one, They partnered up with Tony Khan and started this company, and. Cody Rhodes is something their their first pay-per-view they had. It, it was pretty much it was all on the line. They were putting all this on the line and they called it all in because really they were. They were this is what it was going to be. And it was a pay-per-view like no one knew the a lot of these wrestlers. <clears throat> they had to do something special. And Cody Rhodes came out and Triple H is, you know, one of the guys who runs WWE. He mocked one of his entrances. He had his throne come out. He had his throne sitting there. Triple H is known for the sledgehammer. Cody Rhodes took the sledgehammer and broke the throne. And in an interview, he said, oh. I had to, he goes, yeah, I, he goes, I didn't have to just burn the bridge. I, you know, I, I knocked the fucking thing down. He goes, I want to make sure that there's no way I can go back because mm. he, there's a thing that taking away that safety net is like, you believe yeah. in something. Yeah. You're putting all your work into this project. You know, there's no other way to do it. And I, I kind of took that a little bit as far as things, even like with, going on with my comedy career and stuff like that. If I didn't like a situation, I just, I was done. I walk away. Like, you know, there's other opportunities. Yep, yep. It, it might seem like you take a step back, but there's no way you're going to go forward. If you don't like, you know, again, comes the thing. If you don't <clears throat> go through it a little bit and, you know, you might think it's, it's, it's easy to be in a comfortable situation and comfort zones are the worst place to be. You can get yeah. lost. In you know, I do my best when I'm on my toes and, and I'm not comfortable. Um, and that's what, again, like, you know, I've taken myself out of a lot of situations because one, I'm, I'm getting older now. I'm 42 and I, I don't have the patience to deal with it. And I shouldn't <laughs> I'm not dealing with it anymore. You know, it's like I'm, I'm done. And, it, it, you know, it yeah. just, I, I'm, I, I don't play the game very well. Um, I, I am, you know, I, it's me. This is what you get. What you see wow. is what you get. And, yeah. uh, to me, like, yeah, I grab I grab a lot of inspiration from what goes on in the world of pro wrestling because there's a lot of real life stuff that you know mirrors each mirrors you know life in wrestling. Well, and you know, as I've watched the documentaries, 
And for people, because this is the first time I've actually talked about it on our podcast. So <clears throat> I just want to say categorically, you know, I'm a huge MMA fan. And now that I've watched a lot of interviews and watched a couple of documentaries and I have a couple more up on deck, I really think these guys in some ways get more hurt than MMA guys. Yeah. Um, in a way. I don't see the broken necks and broken backs in MMA. Now, even if it's a wash, fine. You can't say it's fake. No, Go like watch I, I, Mick Foley's like top 10 worst falls. Yeah, he had, you know, the, the, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. People, sorry. yeah, they, they, they put their bodies through incredible, you know, oh incredible God. things. I have, a, I have a friend who's a professional wrestler. Jesus. Um, and he, you know, he's not, he's, he's on the independent scene. But like I, he gets hurt all the time. It's like you know, yeah. he just, just messed up his knee. I mean, these yeah. he's had his face kicked in. He's you know dropped on his head. You know, it's it's a show, but it's very physical. And, and yeah. some of these guys, I think, are definitely born to take it. Like there's some MMA fighters like Mark Hunt, who's I'm just sure his bones are thicker in his head. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can just <laughs> kick him in the head, and he shakes it off. I don't know how well, Jesus was actually Christ. told by a doctor that he has the perfect body for absorbing the, the blows. There has to be. I just sent uh, <laughs> just sent Mike and Eric a clip of I was watching this wrestling documentary. It's not very good, but it's a lot of history. But at this one point at one hour, 19 minutes and 32 seconds, these two old ladies. They have to be in their 70s, <laughs> right? But they've been wrestling since they May were young. young I know exactly what that is. And yeah. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> and she just grabs the hair of this other old lady and just backdrops her, right? Just bam. May, May like, Young was the toughest, toughest person. Shit. Not even woman. Toughest person probably ever lived. So she was one time Dude. they had to put her through a table. Uh, the Dudley boys had to powerbomb her through a table. And she told, she told them before, she goes, don't. Don't ease up. He goes, you put me through that table. Like you, you know, lay it in. Like it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's too late. I just thought, man, the Dudley boys had to put yeah. it through a table. And if you know, if somebody <laughs> like if some, like say some idiot, some just street hood just decides he wants to mug this old lady. Oh yeah. my God. You oh, know, in that document, I think they were talking about, they were hang out. You know, like you were saying in Connecticut, and it was the era where people were much more aware that it was fake and they would just get teased and so much, you know. And so these guys challenged him. <laughs> one of the rest, one of the dudes he was standing with goes, Oh, really? And he just like hops <laughs> on the dude and bites a chunk out of his yeah. chest and spits it on the ground. Well, in the, uh, and in so the dude is like, he was like, is that fake? In the territory days, like you know, back in like the seventies and the eight early eighties, if you got into a bar fight and lost, you were fired. Like if some if some Whoa. fan came up to you and was like, "It's fake, whatever," and they challenged you to a fight, if you didn't kick their ass, you lost, you were fired because you had to protect kayfabe. You had to you had to like no these. But that's these a tough totally guys. unfair fight. I mean, because those guys, all the uh. professional wrestlers, are gonna win. Except Shawn Michaels. He's like, oh, for the century in real fights. Is he? Really? <laughs> yeah, he's gotten his ass kicked so many times. Well, that's why I got a corporate job, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I got to say. One time. <laughs> I, I got to say, and I don't know if he's an asshole or not, but man, some of the moves. Who's his tag team partner that I watched them fight each other? Marty Jannetty? 
know is another guy that's more famous. They were tag team partners and they ended up fighting each other. And it was like, that might've been, it was like telepathic, man. I'm not kidding. Cause it was clear. They obviously knew each other, but they were improving like fucking jazz musicians, man. And I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. That's really, there's some Jedi stuff going on there. There's some gifted, you know, just, I was, I was really blown away. But you can tell it's because they had tag team a lot. They know each other. Yeah, you, you riding the cars together. You, you get to know each other. Like, yeah, you say it all the time. Like back before, like the Internet and like, you know, all these, pay, you know, there was only a few pay-per-views a year. So like at the main yeah. event was like, let's say Kevin Nash for Shawn Michaels. They were doing that match on the house shows for like months leading up to it. So when they yeah. finally got into the ring, it was second nature. And that's why right. I think, yeah. you know. There's so many better matches then than now, and storylines yeah. move so quickly. Um, it's just because everything can have so now. many nights. Yeah. Yeah. God, it is so enjoyable seeing an adult <laughs> find wrestling for the first time. I swear oh, to God, it's I like I'm reliving my childhood. I'm reliving my childhood through you, dude. Like, this is just because, like, growing up, it was, all, I mean, wrestling was everything. It was everything. It's, I, I still watch, I am some in my 40s, I still watch it. I, I still enjoy it. It's so fun for me. I, I want like to go to one of those, again. like, we'll conventions, go to man. Yeah, I want to go do it. Yeah, and we'll then do go a to a live show, do yeah. AEW. And, you know, man, I got to, there's got to be somebody I know. I want to get. We'll I'd love to get on. Mark Henry on the podcast. World's we'll strongest man. Yeah, that would yeah. be terrible. <laughs> and I gotta, we gotta steer O'Teal away from the wrestling. Okay, thing. don't show him the belt anymore, please. Why, dude? That's <laughs> what I, <laughs> you're my hero. You got the belt. <laughs> yeah, because see, when I go to the show, I need to have something to hold up, man. You know. <laughs> You got to hold up your own belt first. Yeah. It took a long time until it got back. How long have you had the belt, Ant? Um, I got that actually. That one I've had a couple of years. I, I got that my uh, three-year anniversary on WW. I bought that for myself. Nice. That's awesome. That's you know really the funny cool. thing, man, is uh, my mentor, this guy, Colonel Bruce, he was just a wild man. He was a musician, but he was also a comedian. He was deep into professional wrestling. I think but he back, did some like, like, But back... Sm- yeah, way what, back. What like, years? Like the fifties? F- yeah, fifties, sixties, seventies, all the way through. He loved it all the way through. But yeah, he was back probably sixties. I would say sixties, maybe early seventies. He, he was into it, but he used to do all this stuff on stage. And had I watched wrestling, I could have <laughs> had the proper responses, you know. But he also gave me my nickname, Otil from Egypt. Because my name's Egyptian. And he would always go, oh, Teal from Egypt. Blah, blah, you know, and <laughs> he always said, wrestling's real and the moonwalk's fake. That was his, his <laughs> line, you know. And, um, and I realized, like, watching these documentaries, I was like, oh, Teal from Egypt, it's a nickname that I've kept, and I use it as a hashtag. I mean, I never, you know, I knew it was that I'm not really Egyptian, you know. But I was like, that's my wrestling name. Yeah, <laughs> like he totally just got that from. <laughs> it's so great. Oh man, it's I just so it's incredible. so deep. Yeah, I was such a 
fucking and snob about it, you know. And I'm throwing wrestlers it's, at him that he hasn't even like Nikolai Volkov and the, you know, oh, the Iron Sheik and all those guys. He's got. He's like, wait, 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 slow down. I haven't seen them yet. And it's like, yeah, oh, get wow. deep. You got a, you got a big hit. You got a lot, lot to go Such through. Depth to go there. Through. Yeah. I mean, the Iron Sheik that was deep. I saw a thing about that on the documentary. That's in the the two old ladies I sent you that backdrop. Uh, dude, the but, um, he was, was he came out when that whole thing with the Ayatollah had taken over. So we were literally like about to go to war with them. And then here he comes in with the Iranian flag. Yeah. Boots and everything. Yeah. Dude, it was like just the theater was. Yeah. Very relevant. I was like, wow, this is deep. Yeah. Remember (laughs) the Bushwhackers? Oh, they were the, they were the greatest. My my dad loved them. And it's crazy. It was heels in every territory they went to. They were like vicious. And they Vince is like, no, nah, I'm going to make them like this joke. And they're going to come out and lick people's heads. And it was like, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Until they would lick people's heads. They would like lick each other's heads. They were like these two. What were like, but like yeah, it was Australia? They're just like, you know, they would come out. They would just their music was great. They would do the arm thing like that, you know, like up and down. And they would just yeah, they'd walk like fans this. love them. Yeah, the fans love them. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, it took my sister was really into it, really into it, her and her husband. So she was one of my go to people. But when she turned me on to some of the black wrestlers and I thought this is really something because what they ended up becoming heroes. Yeah. You know, like in a pretty racist environment, like back then that far when Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson and those guys were that was back. Yeah, if you think back. about it, how like, you know, you talk about how crazy it is that just this year, 2021, was the first time ever that you had that um, that a black wrestler won a title off another black wrestler. Uh, Biggie Langston. Really? He, yeah, he beat Bobby Lashley for the for the WWE title. That was the first time it's ever changed hands that way. Wow. Wow. Really? Really? Had been black, yeah, they had been black champions, but this was the first time ever that that's wow. happened. Yeah. Holy cow. Interesting. See, huh. Vince is still staying with the times. Staying with the times. And like, you and know, he, I'm, he's reading the crowd, man. You can't. The and he's guys. pushing 80 now, isn't he? 76, he's like 75. Yeah. I met yeah. him actually outside of uh, Madison Square Garden a few, uh, a few years ago. I was coming back from, I did a show at Eastville Comedy Club and I took the cab back and I see this guy like walking out. I'm like, that's not, I can't be here because he's got that, uh, that walk and like, you know, yeah. he's a big guy and like, and he's, as he's walking past me, it's kind of like not registering. And I was like, I just went, Vince. And he was like, oh, yeah. Oh, uh. and like, uh, I said, I, I got to get a picture. Of him. Please. No one's going to leave. Yeah. I took a picture with him. And it was, it was, it was awesome. It was actually, it was wow. Great. Did yeah, he used to wrestle? Because he looks like a big guy. Later on, he wrestled. But like when he was like, when he first bought the company, he was always the announcer. No one knew that he was the owner. Like everybody knew, but like it was not. You know, President Jack Tunney was the guy who ruled the WWF and he was, you know, some yeah. figurehead. Um, but he didn't come out to the whole screw job that you watch that documentary that he was Mr. McMahon and he was the owner of the WWF. And that, that's that's yeah. how it started. God, there's so many memories to the Saturday morning wrestling that would come on when I was. Yeah, Anthony, like you and I are the same age. So remember, promotional consideration paid yes. for by the following. That was the <laughs> voice that would go. <laughs> Like that would be that would lead into every commercial promotional consideration paid for by the following. I always will remember that mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah, it was great back then. God, yeah, those were the day. I mean, that was that that's when I was into it. And then I I don't know. I got to get caught up now. I'm Um, still like back in the 
the old stuff, you know. Yeah, like yeah. normal life things. I, you know, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, I, I have to ask you, and, and it's not wrestling related. I okay. apologize, but I do want to get back to your podcast just for <laughs> sure. one brief thing. We're blessed to have, like, you know, we have these conversations and we have them with the right people, and our listeners are very attuned to it by now, and they will write within to us, and we'll write back, and we have nice dialogues and whatever. Have you been able to kind of like see your work? Now you're pushing what almost 300 episodes, I think. To uh, 200 coming up on 200. You're coming up on 200 yes. episodes. Yeah. You've got a pretty good like you know people reach out for help. People you know talk about their struggle, whatever. Like, are you able to? Are you seeing your your you know you're throwing the 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 life raft out there? You see yeah. people grabbing it. Absolutely. Yeah. I get people that write me all the time and it's, it's very humbling when it happens. And I, it's almost like I'm at a loss of words when someone's like, Hey, I listened to this episode. This is what it did for me. I was in the same spot. And like, you know, and they, it's, it's crazy that people ask me for advice because like, I, I'm like, did you listen to that? I'm struggling probably more than you are, but like, it's just, they gravitate towards that. And it's like the realness and yeah, it's, it's awesome. When, when I get someone writes me and like, it was like, Hey, listen, I'm going through the same thing. Thank you so much. Like, you know, what did you do to get through this? And I can give that piece of advice. It makes it all worth it. I mean, to me, like if I can get, if I get one person to do it, uh, it's, it means, it means the world to me. Yeah. They'll end up giving it back to us one day too, when we're struggling. Yeah. And it's so, true. Yeah. People, you remember when you told me? Yeah. And I do believe that for <laughs> yeah. every one person that writes in, there's probably 20 or 30 that are like, Maybe I should, but they hold back. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, there's a lot tough. of people that I mean, it's hard to people, open up. Well, yes. I mean, the, the most things, like, the criticism, people always never feel. No, I mean, back on that. Um, <laughs> of you know, not. Yeah. So they never get the point of some things. Uh, but, you know, it's true, though. Like, you know, because I myself, like I, I. Maybe because I didn't grow up with social media my whole life. To me, it's weird to just write a stranger and be like, oh, this is what you do for me. Like, it's. Yeah. Um. Because back when we were younger, if you did that on AIM, you were a creep. So I guess I don't really do that. Like as far or you as you had to find an address, or you had to find an address and you had to show up, and then you were a stalker. So like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's easier now to like, you are just a click away from somebody, which is crazy. And we talk about like, you know, what that means. Like that. I'm not trying to get back to wrestling, but I woke up one morning and John Cena was following me. Like, wow. And like, I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Oh, like, and I. And I at first, I make sure it was a real cat, and I checked yeah. every two minutes that day to see if it was a mistake on his point. But I read an article that he will follow people back that he finds inspirational, that are putting good messages out there. Whoa. So we don't, you know, we realize like on, yeah, like when if you're out there and you're a big name, no matter what field it is, and you're putting all that out there and you're getting that back, it works the other way too. Like where like, you know, yeah. the little guy is putting that message out. So that's the good part of social media and the good part of podcasting and everything that it's just a click away. I think any kind of help you need or any kind of, if you're feeling alone in something, it's a click away. It's just like right there. You could listen to a, a podcast and, and even WW is getting on, on that train too, with like having on the app on there, you belong to WW, you get, you know, you have access to their application. They have something called headspace, which is like meditation. Yeah. Um, where people mm. walk through things and they're even, they, they did a, they did a podcast for a little while. I mean, uh, you know, to put it out there, I actually, was on there one of their pilot episodes. They had me come down and, and do a pilot episode with them. Um, so yeah, people are learning that more that, you know, there is good to come out of social media. I know people just like, you know, we'll go on TikTok and go down that rabbit hole forever. And like you said, people just do one thing, one stupid thing on there. And it's like that they're famous from it, but 
there is good things out there as well. And I, that's the positive of it. And like I said, when you reach that one person, they reach back to you. I mean, that's, to me, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you came along with me on that drive the other night, you know, and I was listening to you and you said that thing about Batman. And I was like, it really like it altered my, my night for the better. You know what I mean? I started thinking about that, about how it is easy for people who are, you know, invincible to be brave, but the everyday, you know, us normals, us Batman and women, it's hard sometimes. And, and it's, and to be brave and to be vulnerable and to be open and all that and be accepting of the unknown and the fear. That's the real deal shit, you know? And, and it was cool the way you put it. And it's, it's, it's really good shit that you're doing, man. And I hope you you know that, you know, I mean, it's extremely fucking important. And even like, you know, you met me and I didn't know you. No, I didn't. And we, you brought me, Built bars, you but we talked. You fucking, I mean, we had a good, we had a great hang, and then well, a couple great shows. Well, because I know, like, as a comic, being on the road and and you know, what do you eat? You know, it's, it's uh, worse. Um, oh so man, we like, what do I? I got these snacks. They're amazing. They're like, you know, they're they're good for you. That's it's protein. It's it's you know, it's it's something to hold you over. And so yeah, if I could help somebody that way, because you know, I've been on the you know on the road where like I've cooked in my hotel room. Yeah, I've you yeah, know I, yeah. I I sometimes will you know, they give you rooms and I'll say, no, I'll pay for my own. I'll take money out of my pocket to make sure I have, I buy a room with the stove. I get a room with the stove. Yeah. In it. Um, Good, one time I, I, I was up in, uh, I was doing the comedy works up in, uh, up by Albany in Saratoga Springs. And I thought I got a hotel room with the stove because the best the picture looked like. I get there. The guy shows me the room, like, where's the, the stove? He goes, Oh, that's just the, that's the suite. And that's, that's like a thousand dollars a week. I'm like, yeah, but I, the picture I showed in the picture, he's like, oops. I'm like, oops, I'm here. I'm, I'm from yeah, Ohio. Yeah. I just drove four hours. Oops. What I, I did was after my show, I went to Walmart, a 24 hour Walmart. I bought like a, like a skillet type of thing. I unhooked all the, the fire, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the smoke detectors. And I cooked in the room that weekend because it to me, it was like, yeah, there's some things that are important to me. And like, cause I know if yeah. I go in the room without a plan, I'm I'm stopping at all the fast food and eating eating the garden. That's stuff. the thing right there, the plan. I know yeah. when I talk to O'Teal's on the road, when I talk to him during the day, I hear him peeling carrots and putting them in the I juice was drinking this this thing <laughs> when What's we that? started. Yeah. You know, it's just a neutral bullet. You know, oh, okay. it's blueberry, green apple, carrot, spinach, ginger. So when the yeah. pandemic kind of went, when the other, when it kind of started to wind down, you know when clubs in the city opened back up and whatever, and I was com- going in and out doing shows. Um, I didn't really want to hang out around the city because, you know, COVID's still a thing and whatever yeah. else. And I would hang out, say hi, do whatever. But instead of going into a restaurant and sitting down and eating, I would grab like two slices of pizza from Ben's and, you know, dr- eat pizza driving home. And that started to almost become like a little bit of like a, you create these little mini traditions for yourself, yep. you know, it's like, Oh, I'll do two, three spots. And then I won't, you know, but I'll get some slices on the way home or whatever. And then, and, and you wake up feeling now I feel like food hungover, you know? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. and that's starting to become, I, I'm glad it's not alcohol, you know, but, but it's the next thing to work on. You, you know, know I've I mean? had yeah. that with cookies. I woke up with a hangover 
And I was like, what the hell? I didn't drink anything. I was like, you ate cookies while you were watching that movie. So now I learned I can get a hangover from sugar. And, you know, oh. I just totally struggled with my weight that last five-week run we did. Uh-huh. And uh, I usually lose that. I struggle with about, you know, 10 pounds. I usually lose right before I got to stand next to John Mayer every night. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work. That's motivation time. right there. I mean, <laughs> normally... Normally, we just got to get you a John like, Mayer cutout with <laughs> yeah, right, a wrestling man, belt. If I had so to say I, John Mayer every night, I, I that's also double. So my mic, you know what? Doesn't matter. I'm done. Like, <laughs> I just, but that's where I was this tour, and I actually gained weight this tour from the eating overnight. Your schedule's gonna flip eventually, and it did. And then I was eating overnight, and I just was like, forget it. So now the first time I was like, I'm gonna lose the weight by going home which yeah. is usually the reverse, right? But finally, I just got the book. It was like, I woke up hungry and I was like, be hungry. Do what you're yeah. going to do or go back to sleep. But whatever you do, do it hungry. And then I lost it like in yeah. a week. Well, a lot you of know, hunger. I was just like, yeah. the overnight eating. You think about it like, you know, to me, like when I leave a club, the first thing I want to do is pull into a fast food place. It's just habit. It's just like, you know, because I did it so many years. I'm not hungry, but like, I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. And my stomach's like, no, we need, we need fast food. We need but Wendy's. Like, most of the times you're hungry, it's a lot of things. You can be bored. You can be thirsty even. Like, you know, chug a glass of water. If you're still hungry afterwards, okay, that's real hunger. Um, You know, uh, yeah. in the mind, it's like, you know, like you said, that's, after the show, what do you want to do? Go to a diner, eat. That's the most important thing I think I, I need to work on now is redefining what it actually means to be hungry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is it that first twinge of discomfort or can you make it another, you know, that's the thing I deal with hard with the intermittent fasting. And in fact, during the pandemic, I was like a little kid with a pacifier where at night, if I couldn't sleep, I'd get up and eat some like Ritz and peanut butter crackers. And then I would fall right the fuck to sleep. I would fall right to sleep. Yes. It's like, so what do I do? Do I I drink some? Yeah. It's, (laughs) What do you do? How do you, I mean, it's just, you just, you just break that. So you, you just go through a couple tough nights. Um, well, for me, like, like I, my X-Men powers, I could sleep anytime, anywhere and just sleep. Um, <laughs> no, at X-Men powers. You. That's wait until that anxiety creeps o- again. Oldie Domenico's <laughs> have that ability to fall asleep anytime. anytime. That's, that's our X-Men powers. Um, my sister, my, mine is to worry for all of you that are came sleeping. in one night and I'm sleeping on the couch. My brother's sleeping. My dad's like, Oh, I, I saw woke up. She's like, Oh my God, I can't, you know, passed out. But yeah, it's, um, to me, the fasting thing, like the first couple of days was tough, but like oh. I realized, like, I'm not hungry because, like, on the weekends, I fast without in- intentionally fasting. Like I get up on the weekends. I don't want to eat right away. There's something about like, you know, I guess when you're going to work or something, it's just, or like if you go into a show, it's just these things that you're doing that food just plays a part into when you don't have to think about it. Like I get up on the weekends, you know, um, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm at all an uncle. Like my, my nephews, they're on uh, two different sports teams. My one nephew, Lucas is on two baseball teams, a football team. So Saturdays, there's three games. Because so I get up, I get up at the eight o'clock football game for my nephew Rocco. He's Lucas has got a game at nine fifteen right after. Um, so I don't eat until like almost twelve o'clock, and I'm not hungry. I I get I get a I get I usually I drink nitro brew now. I got into that habit actually from fasting. I don't put anything like so I get I grab a coffee, some water, 
I go watch it, but I'm not thinking about food that when I get home, like, okay, yeah, I am hungry. And it's, but it's been a good amount of time where my body's like, okay, now we need fuel. That is something about like when you're out of like, you know, when you have to think about it, like it's crazy. Like when I get up for work, I get up, uh, I have to, I still work at seven 30. And for me, there's something like I have to eat the second I get to work. Why? Cause I trained myself to do it all these years. Like if I, I don't have to eat, like I can wait until I'm hungry. Because on the weekends I do it, and you know, to me, yeah. like, oh, weekends is when I'm at my worst. To me, the the word the, the the five days a week when like you know I have my things going on, to me that's the worst. Yeah. On the weekends it's because I'm not thinking about it, and it's just like I'm eating when my body's like, no, no, we need we need something, we need something to keep going. And I think that's we, we ritualize to- all the. I noticed it when I quit yeah. smoking <laughs> cigarettes because then I watched the other guys that were still smoking, and I was like. We just ritualize, okay, now we're stopping for gas. It's time for yeah. a cigarette. Time for a oh, cigarette. before we eat, let's have a cigarette. After we eat, let's have a cigarette. I got to go to the bathroom. Cigarette. It's just yeah. like, it just became like a thing where you didn't yeah. have to do it, but it became that way. It's the same with food. You know, when I was, gotta... you know, when, when you're a kid, you get snack time and at like a certain time during the day. And then when you get off the bus, there's a snack, then there's dinner, then I know for myself, like I trained myself that I didn't even think about it. Seven thirty, I had to have ice cream. That's what we did. You know, it was like really? seven. You know, we were like when we were kids. Like, yeah, we had our dinner, and then at seven thirty, before shows started, we went for ice cream. We My ice kids cream. want their sweets after dinner. Yeah. So like, but again, and it's not even like you're not. Hung- I wasn't hungry. Like I can now as an adult. Like you know, we talk about. I eat my dinner at like six o'clock. I'm good until the next morning. I don't. My body. Yeah, see, that's the way nutrition. to do it. That is the I, way to do it. But I don't do it on purpose anymore. It's just like yeah. yeah and it, but if I do get where I'm like starving, yeah, I'll have something. But like, your body doesn't need to have food in it every five seconds. Like it's you needs the nutrition yeah. that you need to get on and put the good stuff in, and you'll find that the more the better you eat, like the 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 healthier foods, non processed and well, you know the sugars and all that stuff. Your body it's slower to break down. They get the nutrients from it because the sugar sugar's the worst thing for you. That that oh man, refined sugar. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same thing like an alcohol. Why you why do you feel hungover? Because there's all that sugar and alcohol. It's the same right. thing. Yeah, exactly. No, That's, That's why the, the thing I think that you know we got to remind ourselves is sometimes with like you know changing our eating habits and stuff. It's not the need to learn a whole bunch of stuff. It's the need to unlearn a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. <laughs> it's like just forget the shit that you know sometimes. Yeah. I mean, like Yoda said, you have to unlearn everything that you've learned. Yeah. There's another way to do it. Yeah. Awesome. Anthony, you're the shit. You are, man. I do what I can. (laughs) (laughs) So tell everyone, and we'll obviously share all of it, but for uh, those that made it to the end, tell everybody where they can find your pod. So the podcast is available at www.podcast.podbean.com, but it's on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you get podcasts. And if you know you want to find the link, it's over also at my Instagram page at Comic Anthony D. Awesome. Well, when I come to uh, the island, can we uh, have a built bar and a coffee in in a parking lot somewhere? Absolutely, hundred awesome. percent. I feel like yeah. that's that's how we need to hang. We need a tradition. Yeah, built <laughs> bars and coffee. <laughs> Get together and eliminate somebody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that guy he's no longer a problem anymore. Don't worry about it. Not to worry about him. He's uh, not to worry about him. Supposed to be no more. Thank you, Anthony. Hey, thank no you for doing what you do, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. This is awesome. Of course. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you soon.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 